For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, pay dirt! Pay dirt! Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pay Dirt Podcast. I am Tom Hannafin. He is Matt McGloin. Penn State is headed to a New Year's Day bowl game. On January 1st of 2022, Penn State will face the Arkansas Razorbacks, last ranked number 21, in the Outback Bowl. That game will take place in Tampa, Florida at Raymond James Stadium. We are recording this just moments after this was made official via Penn State football, Arkansas, the SEC, the Big Ten, every possible affiliation uh, that we could get confirmation from. So that is out there now. Um, so Matt and I are going to dive into what this means, uh, how we both feel about this bowl game. Personally, I'm pretty excited about it. It. And because our last episode uh, preceded the news about Brent Pry's departure, we are going to talk about that big loss for the Penn State coaching staff at the defensive coordinator spot. Congratulations go out to Brent Pry, headed to Virginia Tech. And at the same time, we're going to take a look around what happened this weekend was tumultuous in regards to college football. We're going to take a little look at Championship Saturday, especially the Big Ten title game, Michigan and Iowa, and just the overall landscape, especially how it pertains to the college football playoff and the final four teams that will be vying for the national title. So before we get into all that, we want to thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, and turning on notifications. And the holiday season is in full swing, and Bet Online has you covered. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V 50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of 2021. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. The Pater Podcast is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. And of course, Funk Brewing is the official craft beer partner of the Pater Podcast. And Matt, I am very glad that you smart me up via Instagram this weekend about the very exciting 12 Days of Christmas sampler that Funk Brewing is offering right now. Very exciting. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. It's a 12 Days of Christmas gift box that uh, you can order online. You go to the order online tab on their website to uh, to place your order. Seems like it's very limited, so get your orders in now. I thought that was an awesome idea that they're doing. Tom, what better gift than to give a loved one a box of beer from a Funk loved Brewing one, Company? A loved one that is of legal drinking age is very yes, important. Absolutely. We do encourage you to check out some of their uh, spectacular products, especially, especially the Citrus IPA and the Silent Disco IPA. However, the 12 Days of Christmas Sampler, if you're of legal drinking age, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you can find Funk Brewing at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Trust me, their fresh, funky flavors will satisfy your craft beer-loving taste buds. For more information, visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. 
Well, fall is here and we could all use a stiff breeze. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. Listen, Championship Saturday and Selection Sunday are over, and it's time to get off the couch and get back to work. If your tool needs an upgrade, head to BlueChew.com. If you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code PAYDER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the PayDirt podcast. All right, Matt. So uh, the news about the Outback Bowl, we kind of uh, talked a little bit last week in terms of the projections. Um, not a ton of experts were really looking at Penn State for the Outback mm -hmm. Bowl. Frankly, we were talking about ones like the Vegas Bowl, the Music City Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl. Um, just flat out, were you surprised to see Penn State in a New Year's Day bowl game? I was, yeah, yeah. We weren't even thinking, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Outback Bowl, New Year's Day bowl game. You know, we were thinking more along the lines of the Pinstripe Bowl, as you mentioned, Vegas Bowl, something along those lines. Still good quality bowls where you're going to play a good opponent. Um, but the Outback Bowl, man, that's fantastic. And for those of you listening, yes, I did throw five interceptions in the Outback Bowl a while I was, back. I wasn't going to mention okay. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. And I'm sure, Tom, I'm sure you weren't cursing and yelling at the TV when I was playing in that game either. It's okay? entirely possible. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. Uh, so, yeah, through five picks in that bowl game. This is 2010 for those that are listening. 2011. It was January 1st or January 1st or 2nd, 2011, whatever it was, whatever that day fell on. Oh, against. Oh, yeah. 2010 season played in 2011 yeah, 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 against yeah. Florida. Lost 37-24. Funny, uh, funny story. One of my quarterback coaches, Mike Kafka, when I was in Kansas City, uh, threw five picks in that Outback Bowl game. So, like, one of the first things, one of the first Former things. Northwestern I, quarterback. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. One of the first things I said to him was like, hey, Mike, we share a record. We both <laughs> threw five interceptions in the Outback Bowl. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I've had. So, like, that was like, like once I saw Penn State's going to the Outback Bowl, that's obviously the first thing I thought of was how just bad of a day that I had against Florida and like it's weird because along my career like along the way in high school I threw five five or six interceptions in a game once when I was a sophomore mm. like I was it was good we were going in the last game of the season I had 19 or 20 like touchdown passes on the year I, I turned the football over once I threw one interception I ended up throwing I think five or six in the last game Penn State that was the one time in my career where I had a terrible game obviously threw five interceptions and then when I was with the Raiders my one terrible game was uh, I threw four interceptions against the Kansas City Chiefs. So there's always one bad game along the way at some Amen. stage there. 
I, I, my heart went out to the uh, the quarterback for Oklahoma State, Saunders. I think he had four interceptions, and, and they just barely lost the game against Baylor in the Big Twelve yeah. title game on Saturday. So, I mean, hey, it's things happen. You know, that's you know, that's it's that's one of those things, Tom. Where like how confident you are in yourself and how confident you are as a player, that's where it gets you. Mm-hmm. Because you throw one, and it's like, all right, you got one, good. Nothing changes. You come back, you continue to play, you throw another one. And then, like, you start to think to yourself, like, all right, let's go. I'll make up for it here. Let's go right. again. I'll make up for it here. Boom, there's another one. And it's like, this can't, like, it's like. You go into uh, Brett Favre mode, like, I'm yeah. going to make this ball yeah. go to the receiver. <laughs> yes, yes. And, like, you know, sometimes, dude, you just, you get caught. Like, coverage dictates where the football goes. Sometimes somebody is in a great position to make a play on it. I've thrown an interception before where like I look at it and I'm like, I thought this was that coverage. And then you have a chance to look Mm -hmm. at a picture of it on the sideline or look at the iPad and you're like, well, that guy's out of position. He shouldn't have been there, but he ended up being there and he picked it off. So, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those, you know, things. So aside from your personal history in the Outback Bowl, this is, (laughs) this, this is good for Penn State. And frankly, like I was genuinely surprised Penn State finished seven and five. They play Arkansas who finished eight and four, uh, ranked number 21 the last time out. These are two very similar teams and we're going to get into a full breakdown as we get closer and closer to the game. So I want to spend a lot of time on that, but um, this is very interesting because it's two teams in their respective conferences that had a lot of hype early in the season had a couple of close losses to quality opponents, and things just kind of took a turn for one reason or another in the middle of both their seasons, and here they find themselves in the Outback Bowl, Big Ten versus SEC. Yeah, you're right, and I, I kind of, you know, we talked about like that Las Vegas Bowl hiding the fact that you had a seven and five season. This Outback mm. Bowl is definitely going to hide the fact Raymond James that, Stadium, that, that baby. you had that you had a seven and five season. But I think, you know, when you look at Penn State, you look at Arkansas playing in this bowl game, you know, the, the committee and, you know, whoever decided that Penn State belongs in this game probably took, you know, a good long look at the season. Some of the games they've been in, played Michigan tight. Michigan's obviously in the college football playoff right now, played Michigan State really well. Michigan State's number 12 in the country. They're playing Pitt, right? Yeah. Um, You know, Iowa, obviously a 10-win season. They played them tough. Um, so, look, this is this is a good team. The seven and five record isn't indicative of how good the players are offensively, defensively, Tom, right? As we know, we've talked about it all year. So this look, it's a good matchup. You know, and now like obviously Arkansas fans are gonna flock to Florida to see this game. Penn State fans always travel well. This mm-hmm. is a home run for everyone involved. And it's something I always come back to, the business of college football. To your point, this is a New Year's Day bowl game, maximum exposure. Penn State is a huge brand in the world of college football, regardless of what they did on the field this season, regardless of our personal feelings in terms of the overall ability of the team. Um, this is this this makes a lot of sense if you're trying to get ratings. I, I completely understand it. I wonder, um, Tom, I, I wonder where uh, Jimmy Sexton's going to be sitting because obviously he's Franklin's <laughs> agent, but now Sam Pittman has just yes. signed with, with Jimmy Sexton. So <laughs> Jimmy Sexton's winning too. He's, he's getting that 10% and uh, he's going to enjoy some time in the sunshine, the sunshine. So good for him. Uh, I like Sam Pittman. Uh, yeah. I, he feels like the type of guy that I want to have a barbecue and a beer with. I don't know what you think, but he's got Arkansas going in the right direction. And again, we'll, we'll get to this in a couple of weeks. What should make Penn State fans a little bit nervous is that this is a team that runs the ball exceptionally well and is something Penn State did struggle with 
most of the season. So um, this is great for Penn State, honestly. I think, hey, man, I'll be the first to say I was a little down in the dumps at the end of this season, 7-5, and five, finishing the year 2-5. and five. Uh, Absolutely brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Um, well, you have some decisions to make now. I haven't seen anything yet on what they plan to do at the defensive coordinator position. Right. Um, yes. So at the time we're recording this, this is late afternoon on Sunday. So who knows? Uh, James Franklin is supposed to speak late Sunday night. Uh, we'll see what kind of develops. Obviously, this podcast is coming out on Monday morning. So um, the early discussions were potentially there could be somebody promoted from within. And given the amount of time uh, since the announced departure of uh, former defensive coordinator Brent Pry going on to Virginia Tech to become the head coach. Um, you would have thought, Matt, in that time frame between now when we're recording this and when the Pry news was announced that if you were going to go make a big splash with somebody from outside the program, you would have done it already. What do mm-hmm. you think? Yeah, pro- I mean, probably. But I, I mean, it, I, I, it's just the way this coaching carousel has been. It's it, It's been insane over the past week, the past two weeks or whatever. Maybe I thought Notre Dame was going to take a while mm. to decide who they were going to have as their next head coach, man. But I mean, fans were vocal, players were vocal. And then obviously, you know, Marcus Freeman has stepped up and, and taken that, 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 that head coaching position. And Tom, like, um, cause I like living in the Scranton area, right? Northeast PA, you're either a Penn State fan or a Notre Dame fan. So there's a lot of Notre Dame fans in the area. And I was, I was talking to a few of them. I was like, I don't know if I was Notre Dame, if I was a Notre Dame fan, I don't know if I would want Notre Dame to make a push for the playoff or to get in the playoff because if they get, beat down bad again that looks bad for the for, new guy for for marcus freeman and, and notre dame moving forward i'm like i'm t- if i'm notre dame i want a good solid bowl game where we can win head into the offseason to head into that new year new era with, with marcus freeman leading the charge who s- seems like you know he is the right man for the job seems like he's a fantastic defensive coordinator and seems again seems like he's a great recruiter and seems like the players love him man so it seems like notre dame that there won't be any lack in production moving forward into uh, 2022. You know, I mean, I, I expect, and going back to Penn State, and I expect Franklin to, uh, at least for right now, promote somebody within the system, right? That that makes sense. I mean, I, for obviously for the bowl game. Um, but, I mean, what the, there's been rumors of uh, what Poindexter being the head coach at, at Virginia now, right? I did read that. Again, you take it all with a, a grain of salt. Um but to the point you're making, and Pry was a perfect example of it. Pry spent 11 seasons between Vanderbilt yeah. and Penn State with James Franklin on his staff. Goes all the way back with James Franklin, well beyond that. So he's very loyal to his guys. But that it's discouraging to me because we talked about this contract extension for James Franklin. I phrased it as this is a stimulus package, and a lot of it is money infused into the program and money to help retain assistant coaches. And then literally the week after that gets announced. You lose the coordinator, nothing against Mike Yersich, but the coordinator you didn't want to lose. Yeah, um, it's definitely tough for Penn State. That, that I mean, that was probably the ideal job for Brent Pry, though. You know, and I think he, he talked a little bit about it in his press conference. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you know, he was a graduate assistant there. You know, he's got strong recruiting ties in that area. There's no doubt that, you know, he's going to have that team ready to play. You know, it seems like he wants to continue to call the defense too, you know, mm-hmm. at least, at least for the early portion of his time there um, at Virginia tech, which I think is a fantastic move, you know, just because your head coach doesn't mean you can't call plays, you know what I mean? And, you know, I, that's one of the things I always um, loved about playing for O'Brien was that, yeah, he was the head coach, but he called the plays. So as a mm-hmm. quarterback, Tom, I knew exactly what the mm-hmm. head coach wanted out of me every single day, every single game. 
right? You know, and that's that. There's no like, there's no excuses. There's no, there's no mistakes. Anything like that. Here's mm-hmm. the way it is. Go do it. Streamline. Um, so th- yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're you gotta find, yeah, you gotta find somebody big time. Again, if you're not gonna hire in the system for 2022. You gotta you gotta bring somebody in that's big time, man. I mean, you're replacing a guy as you mentioned that was with James Franklin for for 12 years. Um, somebody who year in and year out was so well prepared defensively, week in and week out. Um, really seemed like the team rallied around him. And not just that, Tom. You know, you you have to replace a linebacker coach. And Penn State, obviously, being linebacker, you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. That 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 yeah, I, I think it's, we it's, uh, I think we know a guy who could be a good linebacker coach. You know, I mean, we're number forty two in your day. I don't know if you remember you old Michael Motti. He was talking about it here on the Pater podcast, and it was the first thing I thought of. I was like, I don't know if throwing a guy into the deep water of DC immediately, but I'm like, give the guy a call. He can coach some linebackers. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, obviously it helps. You know, uh, playing that position at Penn State, understanding what it takes to succeed as a linebacker um, at Penn State. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to steal somebody away from another school, um, pay somebody more to come into Penn state. You know, I, I mean, it'd be interesting to see though, Tom. I mean, mm-hmm. they, again, they, they, they need somebody big time. They this do. is, this is a fascinating period in college football because national signing day is looming. So all these, you know, all these changes in coaching staffs, you see decommit and commit here. And then, thinking about the transfer portal. like There's a million things going on, whether it's coaches or players. Uh, and then you do have to think about, well, we did kind of see the exodus right when the regular season ended. Now that the championship games are done, there will probably be more news that comes out this week and more movement. That's going to continue through the month. And then once bowl games are done, it's sort of going to ramp up again. So there's still so much that could happen. I, I do come back to my point that if you were going to go get somebody, it, it could have happened in the past week, and it does make you um, – think that, okay, maybe they'll stick to an internal search that that's kind of just been Franklin's MO, but we'll, we'll kind of see what develops there. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about Penn state's bowl game opportunity, and then just kind of the college football playoff at large. And we do want to talk about the big 10 title game, uh, from this past Saturday. So uh, a couple things to get to here on this Monday edition of the Pater podcast, but first say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Price so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. And of course, all of us involved in the Pater podcast are proud supporters of THON, also known as the Penn State Dance Marathon. THON is a year-long effort dedicated to raising funds and awareness for its sole beneficiary, Four Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital. THON is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world, committed to enhancing the lives of children and families impacted by childhood cancer. Four Diamonds picks up where insurance leaves off to relieve financial stress and provide emotional support so that no family ever 
has to see a medical bill. Since 1973, Thon has raised over $190 million in the fight against childhood cancer. To learn more about Thon or to donate, visit Thon.org. That's T-H-O-N dot O-R-G. It's all for the kids. Make a difference in the life of a child today. And on another personal note, we want to take this opportunity to put a spotlight on mental health with a new initiative called Tag Me In. Tag Me In is simply asking for people to tag in on the conversation and help strip away the stigma around mental health. Whether you're looking to lend support, you want to talk, you want to share, maybe you need some help. We invite you to join in on the conversation. We encourage you to make a video if you'd like, post it on your social media channels, and use hashtag tag me in and hashtag tag me in united. At the very least, we want to hear from you. You are not alone. Tag me in. Visit tagmeinunited.com to learn more. So obviously feeling the loss of Brent Pry is going to have some immediate ramifications in that when you do play um, Arkansas, which is a talented offense and actually has a, a, one of the better defenses in the country, I believe, uh, 46th in points allowed, which I, I know some people might roll their eyes at, but the way Penn State's been playing, I don't think they should be rolling their eyes at anybody. Um, the, the thing that I took away from the announcement, Matt, <clears throat> is that I was thrilled that it's a first-time ever matchup. Arkansas mm-hmm. and Penn State have never played each other before. Um, as you well know, Penn State has plenty of experience in the Outback Bowl. I believe this is their fourth opportunity uh, in the game. And this is a bowl game that's been around for decades. So this is not just some random bowl game that Penn State's getting into. And what kind of bothered me is seeing Penn State fans saying, oh, well, if we don't get into a good bowl game, we shouldn't even go to a bowl game. And it's just discouraging to see that type of rhetoric. And I understand, listen, I've been as cynical and upset by this season as anybody. But you put it perfectly the other week. The value of the bowl game, whether it's recruiting, pride, new coaches, players on their way out, you can't put a price tag on it, even though people will. So uh, what, what was your reaction to seeing some of that rhetoric out there? That makes no sense. Like, it, play the game. I don't care what type of bowl game it is. I don't care what type of game it is. If you have an opportunity to take the field and play a game in front of a crowd, go play. Right. And uh, I I just like you only have, I can't say this enough. You only have so many opportunities to play college football. And I fans talking about, Oh, we don't get a great bowl. Maybe we shouldn't go. And then, you know, another thing that drives me crazy is uh, like players who opt out as well. Like, I can't, like, I don't know if that's the right move. I really don't. Like, I don't, if you play this whole entire season and then weeks before the bowl game, it's like, I'm just not going to play. I'm going to go worry about my future, worry about me not getting hurt. And again, I just think, like, the team needs you. Go play the game, man. Like, don't Mm -hmm. regret not playing in the game and opting out. And I mean, that's like, I don't know. I just, I always have a, a tough, I always have a tough time seeing guys deciding to opt out because they want to start training for the NFL or they don't want to get hurt. Yeah. Um, you know what, you know what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I, and listen, you played the game. I didn't. My perspective, I, I look at examples like, I think Leonard Fournette was really the um, tipping point of former LSU running back currently with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, he was perfectly healthy. LSU did not have an opportunity, if I remember that season, to get into to competing for the national title. So they just had a, a another bowl game, and he opted not to play. And that 
really ticked off a lot of LSU fans. It ticked off a lot of members of his team. But ultimately, the guy was a first-round pick, made a lot of money with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and hell, he won a Super Bowl, and he's doing just fine. Um, what, what I would say is that the reason to opt out of a game is what happened to Jake Butt, former Michigan tight end who got injured playing in a bowl game that he very easily could have sat out and not played. And because of that, he lost an entire season rehabbing and then went into the NFL much lower pick than he really could have been, cost him a lot of money. So I see those opportunities that, yes, freak things can happen. However, there is that eternal struggle that players, coaches all have to feel of, I have to do this for my teammates, my friends, not even teammates, Matt, guys that we've talked to on this podcast that are just your friends that you just don't want to let down. So I understand both sides. Personally, if these guys, these kids have a chance to go make money and take care of their families, I say do it. That's just me. No, it's a great point. It, it, I mean, it really is. But again, for me, it's just it's another opportunity to be able to play the game, another opportunity to take the field. Yeah, Tom, injuries are part of the game. You can get hurt mm-hmm. playing any sport at any any time. You know, uh, whatever, man. Maybe it's just me. You know, that, that's. You oh know, no, I, I see both like sides. Yeah, I do, man. No, I do. You play the game for so long, man. You, you finally get to a bowl game, right? This is your reward for playing a fantastic year. Um, go out there. You have fun. You play. You're loyal to your teammates. You're loyal to your coaches. You're loyal to your school. Loyal to the fans. Like give your give your family another opportunity to see you play. You know that that's all, man. And like mm-hmm. that's just that like that again. That's just me. If there's a football yeah. there. Somebody wants to give me a helmet and a pair of spikes and say, <laughs> "Hey, Matt, go play." I'm pro- I'm I'm probably gonna go play. You know. Yeah, they um, can't get you off the field during Thanksgiving, man. So. Uh, you you must run circles around your family when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> the turkey bowl every year McGloin's I, putting I up 400 play. yards <laughs> i didn't play i did not i did not play this past year in turkey bowl i've played i don't know it's not once. fair if you do i mean yeah. yeah it's funny funny story i've played i think i've played once since i've been home since i've stopped playing you know, football professionally um my brother so my brother i have two older brothers my one brother is like a recreational sports legend in the area now, like softball, flag football, everything like that. Uh, so I played one year, um, you know, with him and his friends. And, uh, you know, my team won. We won the MVP. I won the MVP, excuse me, won the game. And like the MVP award was like a jersey, Tom. So like that day, that after the game that day at Thanksgiving dinner, like I, I hung it up in the dining room for our family to see. And like, I think my brother was actually mad over it but i was like john like his name is john i'm like what do you expect man you can't you're not gonna beat me man it's not gonna happen so but that, that was it and then like i stopped i probably stopped playing in those games just because you know thinking of myself now i'm like man it, it was freezing cold playing in those turkey bowls you know not you know it's just i don't know man but uh yeah it's uh it's a lot of fun and yeah. uh it's not fair because if you're the all-time quarterback it's it's literally like wedding crashers. It's like, eh, first team all state. I can put the ball wherever I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so pr- anyway, coming back to Penn State, I- I'm excited about this game. I really like the matchup. I-, I think it's just something fresh. Obviously, it's never happened before. I love the conference matchup, SEC and Big Ten, the two most powerful conferences uh, in college football. And a New Year's Day bowl game. Uh, I'm excited because I'll be on the West Coast. Uh, we'll see what type of uh, process I am in mentally afterwards. And I get to roll out of bed. And at 9 a.m., I yeah. get to watch the Outback Bowl. So I'm pretty stoked about it. 
Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll be a good time. So let's let's talk about um, the Big Ten championship game from this past weekend, since we are a Big Ten podcast and a Penn State podcast. Um, Michigan blew the doors off mm-hmm. of Iowa in an outcome that I think some people could have expected. I personally was thinking Iowa was going to make it tough for them, but it just seemed like Michigan really had a ton of momentum from Ohio State, and they just kept their foot on the gas. What do you think watching that game? I mean, it, it was everything – I didn't. I didn't expect them to put up over forty, right? I, I didn't. I didn't expect them to put up put up that much, um, that many points. But the game played out the way I expected it to be played out. What I mean by that is, you knew Iowa was going to struggle offensively. They did like they did everything they could offensively to try to keep that defense on its toes. I guess you can say, or to really prevent the pass rush from hitting home, even though it did a number of times. And even though Aiden Hutchinson just continues to prove that he's an absolute monster, right? They were running Mm -hmm. the football, trying to set up the boots, trying to run quick game, but that defense is too much for them. That Iowa's offense just isn't, wasn't a great matchup for Michigan and the way that Michigan defense plays, man. Like if you, if you drop back, obviously passing downs, man, you're going to get pressure. They're too good up front. Um, they got a chance, Tom. They, they have a chance here, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. not just this isn't a fluke thing that Michigan's in. They're rolling, dude. They got a chance. Um, Iowa and like for how great Iowa's defense is, like if you if they had a decent offense, right? We could be talking about Iowa in the college football playoff right now. I think that's how good their defense mm-hmm. is. Really be able to create turnovers. Um, guys just always around the football. Um, again, so hats off to them. I mean, ten wins, Tom. That's a great year. Um, but Michigan, Michigan's on a different level right now, right? We talked yeah. about, um, you know, Michigan's offense being able to be patient. Like it wasn't one of those games where they had to force throws. They had to, you know, do everything they can to try to get yardage and points. Like you can tell they knew that they can take their time and take shots when necessary, take a few opportunities, calculated opportunities. And they did all that, man. And, you know, it's just a great performance. Again, they got a chance. They they really yeah. have a chance. Uh, and and hats off, uh, just overall at this uh, to the University of Michigan for the uh, patches on their shoulder for um, Oxford High School, the horrific shooting that took place uh, in the state of Michigan very recently. And uh, our, our thoughts go out to the Meyer family. I thought that was an excellent gesture uh, on the point on the part of the University of Michigan and so many um, professional school uh, teams and and other schools, et cetera, have paid tribute. So I thought that's been uh, they've. That was excellent. Um, And to your point about Michigan, now the college football playoff is set. Alabama at one, Michigan at two, Georgia at three, Cincinnati at four. Um, God, I I can't tell you how stunned I was to see Alabama hang. What was it? 38-24 was the final. I mean, this is a Georgia defense that allowed a touchdown or less all season. I was like, and and that's just Nick Saban in Alabama. I mean, like, what did you think when you saw that final? You know, I said I did. I did. I did radio show on Friday with with SiriusXM, and, and one of our producers is a massive Alabama fan. And like five minutes into the show, I'm like, all right, I got I got to ask this question: uh, Why are Alabama fans criticizing Bill O'Brien so much? Mm. And you know, he went on saying that you know they they struggled running the football and things like that. Um, I mean, I mean, I was like, listen, you guys have 
multiple thousand yard wide receivers, a thousand yard rusher. Your quarterback's probably going to win the Heisman. Um, and then he goes and, you know, they game plan and again, put up 38 on, you know, arguably the best team and the best defense in the country in the SEC championship game. And what was a fantastic performance. I'm now the number one team in the nation. But like, even with that, the way they played offensively, um, how good George's defense is. I, I, this these four teams, Tom. Like I don't know. Like I can't you I can't predict what's going to happen, right? It's not like we're sitting here saying, "Oh, Michigan should roll," right over Iowa. Like we you you expected yeah. that to happen. You don't expect I, Michigan, I don't know um, or I don't Alabama know. at least to roll Cincinnati. I don't expect them to roll over Cincinnati. Hmm. I don't. They're they're too well coached. I am past the point of saying. You know, hey, it's you know, and again, I I don't remember ever saying this. Oh, it's just mm-hmm. Cincinnati. I've I've never said that. Like, you know, I mean, this is a team now that for two years, Tom, has dominated football, and I bring it up all the time. They've lost one game over the past two years, mm-hmm. and it was by a team that's in in Georgia now by three points in the Peach Bowl last year, mm-hmm. right? So this team is fantastic. Both sides of the football, extremely well coached by Luke Fickle. Um, I think it's an awesome game. I think Michigan, Georgia. I mean, this, this this is about as good as it gets, right? For these four teams, even though I'm I'm for an expanded playoff, um, they they got it right. I, I completely. And it agree. always. And I, and I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to interrupt you. I don't mean to interrupt you. But for some reason, the college football playoff it always works out for them. Oh, we freak out week to week <laughs> it because it's like, out. why are they at number four? And it's like, it's week five. The season yeah. hasn't ended yet. There's OK just, State losing. You know what I mean? Man, that it always what a finish works that was. out. It always works out for the college football playoff. Uh, again, had Oklahoma State won it. Um, I, I still think if you're a member of the college football playoff committee, you're not thrilled Cincinnati's in there. You wouldn't have been thrilled if Oklahoma State was in there, even if you could say, oh, they won the Big 12 title. It's like, still not Oklahoma. But that's the excuse to put them in. That mm-hmm. would have been the excuse to put them in over Cincinnati is mm-hmm. the OK State. OK State would have beaten Baylor twice, who's mm-hmm. obviously nationally ranked. They would have beaten a Texas team who at the time was nationally ranked. They beat Oklahoma, you know, four years in a row, big, right. big 12 champs, right? That would have been the excuse to get OK State in and Cincinnati out. And then the dread of so many football fans, college football fans, is that Notre Dame was just kind of on the outside looking in and had a chance and things just didn't fall their way. And listen, I don't really think much of Brian Kelly, the man, but the football coach clearly did enough to have his program either in the conversation for the college football playoff or in the playoff itself on a regular basis. So and Notre Dame, they've got an independent slate. They can do whatever they want. They play their cards extraordinarily well. I don't. You don't have to like it. Just <laughs> they're in the right yeah. position on a regular basis. So no, I think it's a good thing they're not in. I really do. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with Cincinnati and Alabama, and I will bring that back to Penn State because Alabama only beat Arkansas by one touchdown, score of 42 to 35. So this will not be a cakewalk for Penn State, nor has the entirety of the 2021 season. So what else is new? Um, we cannot wait for New Year's Day, Penn State versus Arkansas in the Outback Bowl. Um, so just a little bit of housekeeping here in regards to our schedule going forward now that the regular season has ended. We are going to be shifting our podcast schedule to Wednesdays. 
So today, this podcast drops on Monday, December 6th. Our next episode will be Wednesday, December 15th, and then we will continue on Wednesdays into the foreseeable future. Uh, For any changes, obviously, we'll announce them here on the podcast, or we will put them out on our respective social medias, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you follow Matt or I. And we want to continue to have uh, guests coming on throughout the next few weeks and months, as we mentioned. Uh, We are getting all your comments and such. Please send in whoever you would like to see. We are reaching out to everybody in the Penn State football world that you guys want to hear from and lining up those interviews. So uh, thank you all very much for joining us, and we'll see what happens in the next week and a half. We'll see you next time for Pay Dirt on Wednesday, December 15th. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Oh, Pay Dirt! Pay Dirt! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.